everyone, welcome to another action-packed edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, your straight-edge brother, Amigo Aaron. Joined by a man who likes his video games like he likes his wine, less than a year old, and purchasable at the Walmart. I give you the Brent. Hey, what's wrong with purchasable at Walmart wine? What are you well, trying to say, Aaron? I'm saying you drink cheap rock gut, brother. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> How are you doing today, the Brent? I am well. How about yourself? I'm super duper. This <laughs> week, we'll be playing, bam, modern 16-bit titles. Bird? What the heck? You know, modern 16-bit uh, titles. Now, let me explain the definition of this for those that are wondering. These are titles that have came that have been made recently and have came out on 16-bit systems, be it consoles or computers. Now, I sort of put in a an Amiga ban on this because I don't want to cover something. I'm going to cover an Amiga's. Plus, you don't want to get the boat on your tail. That's bad times, the Brent. So we were we were choosing from a uh, a bunch of games that uh, appear on computers and consoles of the 16-bit that came out recently. Did you have as much trouble finding this stuff as I did? Absolutely not. Really? My hardest thing was I, I told myself and I told chat that I was not going to pick a Super NES title. Yeah. Because there are tons and tons for the Super NES. So I wanted to not do a Super NES game. And I did it. I pulled it off. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you no, did I didn't it have much right. trouble at all. I had all kinds of trouble, uh, to be honest with you. I, I couldn't find anything that I wanted to play. Uh, that oh, was... no, no. That's a whole different... You didn't well, say that. You said finding games. Well, that, Finding that, that, games you want to play. Of course, that's always difficult. I found games I wanted to play, but they had to also be new games. Because that was the... It's new... It's modern 16-bit titles, you see. So I didn't want to pick something that... Let's say, for example, I could have went back and picked a game that was previously made when the console or computer was in vogue and then just released recently by some kind of goofballs. No, I wanted no. something that just came out recently. That's, and so that's I had to, loser way. I had to look long and hard to find one. You know, it's, I will say, uh, me and the boat often complain on Amigos that there's not new, any new Amiga games coming out. We don't complain that much anymore. But they're actually, Amiga is what is the top place for the 16-bit action, in my opinion. I saw tons and tons of games coming out for that. I did not find so many for the other systems, but there were. It seems like the uh, the Genesis was a hotbed. That's where I ended up going for mine. Uh, and, of course, I believe yours was exactly the same, also the Genesis. Correct. So yeah. what is it with that? Why the Genesis, you think? Well, for one thing you have to remember is the Genesis is still fairly viable in, like, Brazil. Yeah. I don't know if that is a consideration when people are designing games for retro consoles. Yeah. But I know the Brazil, uh, in Brazil, it just recently, like in the past decade, uh, stopped being sold on st store shelves. Uh, so, really? Well, to I mean, think about. To be fair, you can still sort of pick up a Sega Genesis here in the States at the store. I see them all the time. Oh, no, the, no, the, no. The clone not, systems. No, you know, I'm the, not talking uh, about clones. I'm talking listen, about the real deal. Do you think... No, because uh, we're talking about it now. These are modern uh, games that came out now. Do you think in... When does this trend end? Is this going to go away in, say, 10 years? When, when do you give up on these old machines? I mean, they're, are they, they're still making stuff for the 2600. Is this something that's going to go on in perpetuity for all times? Is there a, is there a time limit on... How far you go back, at, you know, this is, you're talking about consoles that came out in the 90s here. When, when our generation dies out, yeah. it's done. Because really? The only, yeah, because the reason why these are popular is you've got people remembering their childhood. Well, kids today aren't playing the 2600. So the, once we die out, there will be no audience for the 2600. Now, I'm not saying there, there will still be, you know, pockets, right? But the pocket is always shrinking. And the one thing about uh, bringing out a new title is you try to sell it to as many people as you can. Uh, and, and it's just going to, the audience isn't going to be there. People need to do what I do, Brent. To ensure the legacy of these retro games, I force my child to play them a lot. <laughs> Get in there, kid. It's time to play the Aquarius. No is not an option. Get in there. And by God, he does it. 
because he fears the belt. Not really. Come on, give me a break. Yeah, yeah. right. All that said, yeah, yeah, if I do. Anything, I do he's raise get you with a belt. I do raise the kid with a velvet glove. Not, let me ask you. Did you? So you're telling me you really think these games, these new 16-bit games, maybe the new 8-bit titles are going to Brazil? Is that? I never really paid attention to that. Is that? Is that something that's? Is no, that a I, thing? I'm not. I, I, that's not what I said. I said mm. that in Brazil there yeah. is still a market for Genesis titles. So not so much the... now as, uh, like I said, about 10 years ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure we've got a wheel piece in the bag uh, talking about doing uh, Brazil Genesis, Brazil-only releases for the <clears throat> Genesis. So, really, that's a topic we should hold off for until the wheel commands it. I'll be honest with you. I never, I never considered that that was, <laughs> that was part of it. That's, that, that strikes me as wacky. So, with all that said, uh, the Brent, uh, we had a choice this week of 16-bit titles. I'll go ahead and lead the charge, the Brent, uh, this week. I'll be curtain jerking for you because I'm going to let you main event with your game. Now, I looked around, like I said, <clears throat> I looked around. There were a couple I was kind of interested in, but for I couldn't find them. I couldn't tell. There was this beat-em-up that was supposed to be great shakes for the... Uh, for the Genesis that I couldn't find. So I don't know if it got, ever got released or if you could buy the ROMs. But I, when I was looking for that, I stumbled across this week's uh, entry, Brent. And bam, it is the Demons. The Demons of Astaborg. Borg. Demons of Astaborg. Rolls off the tongue, does it? Uh, <laughs> this this is a game. Now, get, now, you wanted new. Okay, you said yeah. new. Brother, I gave you new. This was released August 2021. Yeah. 2021, Brent. That just came out like two months ago. Uh, this was published by Neofid Studios out of France, France. In fact, I think it was Manosque, France. It was also developed there, and it was developed by the founders of the studio, uh, Christophe, Christophe Ribol, Simon Ribol, and Christopher Rollin. These are the gentlemen that not only run the studio, but made the game. Uh, Sounds this, like local guys right here yeah, in West Virginia. They are, they are from, hey, listen, <laughs> Manosque, France. You know, France is a little bit like West Virginia, I think, in the country part of it. Beautiful out there. Um, this also, get this, and I'll get into this. This also got a release for Linux, the Mac, uh, the Nintendo Switch, and Windows. What do you think about that? So not only am I doing a modern 63 title, but it also got released on non-16-bit stuff. So how am I getting away with this, you're asking? You're thinking, is, is old Aaron cheating wrong? Here's what they did. This is available on Steam. Okay, now I heard I heard through a little birdie, right? I don't think I'm giving I don't think I'm giving anything away here. That if you bought the Steam version of this, which costs exactly the same as just buying the ROM, and I paid for this straight up with cash money, uh, that the ROM was just in the Steam folder. And it was. So my assumption is that the the fact that this is available on all these platforms, it, it's being emulated uh, because this runs natively on the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. Uh, you can put it on a uh, multi-cart. I chose to play mine on the uh, Mister, which it runs perfectly because certain multi-carts don't... Uh, this ROM is so big it's that certain multi-carts uh, can't handle it. Uh, by the way, just for an FYI, to download this thing, uh, just the, the ROM... It, it, you can get it for $17.40 U.S. Uh, it's uh, 15 euros. If you want the cartridge for the Genesis slash Mega Drive, you're, these are region-free, by the way, uh, you can pay 49 euros or 56 American dollars. And the box cartridge with the manual, some stickers, you know, all that crap you usually get. You're looking at 80 U.S. dollars, the Brent. Uh, but this is the whole enchilada. And I'm what do you think about that, Aaron? <clears throat> What do you I knew think you were of- gonna say you. are so much like me because I was. I would have said that if we were if Boat was saying it. I think uh, in today's uh, modern era of making these games, they're giving you the opportunity to buy a cart or just a ROM, so it's okay to go to work and make a little make a little wad on the boxed version. So I'm okay with it. Now, eighty bucks, I wouldn't pay it. Uh, now, and I'll explain. I mean, I'll talk about the game here in a minute. Even if it was the best game ever, I don't think I'd pay eighty dollars. But I don't. I, they give you goodies, you know. You get some stuff in there, so it's not like they're trying to gouge you at all levels. I don't mind that. And plus, these guys worked hard. This game is, uh, it, it's the biggest Genesis game of all time. Yeah, so huge. That, that, yeah. That the, and that's certainly not the biggest price. That's not the largest price I've ever heard for a Genesis game new. Because back in the day, if you wanted to buy some of the games that came out, they were eighty bucks. So it's not unheard of. So I'm not going to bury these guys. What about you? 
I think 80s a lot, but yeah. you are you are servicing a small crowd, and I am sure this is a limited run. Yeah. So uh, I am I am I'm much in the same ballpark as you. If this if the only way to play this game was to plop down the 80 buckaroos, uh, I, I think that would probably well. First of all, I think that'd be suicide. Yeah. But I, I think that would be harsh. However, since there are multiple avenues, including just purchasing the ROM and then how you play it after that is up to you, I, I'm actually I'm pretty good with that. And I think uh, I think eighteen dollars US is a fair price for a game of this caliber, uh, considering the situation. I will say this: I don't tip my hand a little bit. But if I'd paid eighteen to eighty dollars, and I'd gotten this game home and it was a dud, I would be furious. Yeah. But guess what? <laughs> you you can spend your money. I think you'll be okay. So, but also something that needs to be pointed out. Yeah. Uh, this game does have a full well, not a fully function, but a a demo that you can check out to see if it's the game for you before you ever do anything. Correct. And so, I, also, I also want to mention... Big thumbs up for that. game like this does just pop out. All right? Yeah. This thing was a Kickstarter. All right? <clears throat> the old Kickstarter. I looked it up, uh, the Brent. Uh, when they Kickstarted this game, they had all kinds of levels. They didn't hit all their levels. Not even close. But they get... Because they had a level at like a million euros or something like that. Yeah. Which was, they asked for 35,000 euros. All right? They got 44,835 euros from 663 backers. Good healthy good. win uh, for these guys. And they did they did hit their stretch goals up to hardcore mode, which this game has. So it's got three levels of difficulty instead of two. So that was one of the stretch goals. So uh, I, this is one of the uh, very happy Kickstarter stories where the Kickstarter actually comes through. Now, let's talk about the game proper, the Brent. Uh, Demons of Asterberg. Uh, it has been described, and uh, this is the term I'm not exactly comfortable using, but I'm going to, as a, uh, a Castlevania-style game, uh, which I think that's fair. You know, I will say, the Brett, I'm, you know you know me, I don't like Castlevania, but uh, uh, this game uh, was, uh, I mean, I, I guess it's sort of the same. You would know better than me. Would you? Is that a good comparison? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, I think fair that's enough. fair. So we mentioned this is the this is allegedly... The largest game ever produced on the Mega Drive. <clears throat> You'll notice right away that they that these guys didn't phone it in. Every every part of this game is pretty styled up. Now, I'm gonna get you this description of this game, and you tell me if you see a flaw in this in this uh, storyline here, like if you, how you would have played it. Okay, <clears throat> and it's a long storyline because this game opens with a pretty long selection of still screens with dialogue under yeah. them. Okay, um, so. From what I read, at some point in the past in Asterberg, the humans and the demons made a pact. Okay, they made a deal, an agreement. All right. And the agreement was sort of a peace treaty. Okay. And it worked okay, I think it said for about 35 years. And hey, you're not going to believe this, Brent. I, who to see this coming? But the demons reneged on the deal. <laughs> now, now listen. There's nothing worse than making a deal, but who thought, who was the negotiating genius that thought to themselves, listen, let's negotiate a deal with demons. And there's, well, a, there's a great scene in the opening where humans and demons are around this table negotiating. I would love to have been a fly on the wall to hear that one. To, 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 to clarify a little bit, it was the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of situation. So, I mean, demons, obviously bad, but there was also other bad stuff going on when they made the negotiations. Listen, I didn't get that out of the opening. It didn't sound... Who were they fighting? I didn't see anything about that. That's it, not what they no, say. It was, they were just retaming the land. Oh, and it was like they were beating up each other. It wasn't getting them anywhere. So they were like, listen, yeah, that, we, need listen. To, we, need to, we need to put aside our differences and, and tame this wild land. And then we'll kind of go from there. I'm not. I'm not buying. It. I'm not buying that. That's not what I saw. Anyway, so once the demons renege on the deal, guess what? They they open a portal. Well, see, the humans imprison the main demon for a while, but he gets enough strength back to free himself. Allegedly, open a portal, and there's a scene where he opens the portal, and the demons come come gushing out like a like a, a drain, 
and that and so here you come. So you are a an orphaned son with great powers. You were raised by a guard who who they trained you to be a, a super stud, and now it's your job to go and stop the demon horde, uh, among other things. So that and the backstory. Trust me, this is a very light version. This is a pretty deep backstory in this game. And it's not one of those, this isn't one of those games where like they develop the game, then they put a backstory in. They develop this game around that backstory because there are elements of the backstory that come out as you play through it in the, Absolutely. In the form of flashbacks and uh, dialogue boxes and people you talk to. So this is, there's, a, there's I would say there's a role-playing element to this, uh, uh, not by my definition, but by the definition of a console. There's, a, there's you find out stuff about your character and uh, uh, that you may or may not want to know. Uh, well, that's so, not that's not the role playing elements of the game. That's just well, story, right? Well, I'm just saying there's the it's it, it they do it and they don't just uh, phone it in on the backstory. I mean, it's part of the game. So absolutely, uh, this game then allows you to uh, uh, do a few things. You could turn the music on and off. Uh, you could change the difficulty from easy to uh, intermediate and to hardcore uh, mode. You've also got four save slots. Uh, on the cartridge, you can, it's got a, a sound, you can go through and check all the sounds out. You know that stuff. It's sort of they did a good job. It's it's very reminiscent of like what you would expect from a from a, a more updated modern Genesis cartridge. <clears throat> when you start the game, there's an overworld map. It's nicely done. Uh, it's it's pretty. Uh, as far as I can tell, because I didn't get this far, uh, there are eight levels in the game, and then there's a bonus level. Now I didn't get far enough to see this level. Uh, but there's a bonus level that was... Uh, they, I've read this everywhere. It's inspired by Panzer Dragoon and Space Harrier. So that was sort of an mm. off... That's an odd level in there uh, that, you, that you can go on. Uh, so what do you do in this game? Well, again, you play uh, the hero of the game, uh, and you are out to uh, basically get from one end of the map to the other, but that's not the way it really works. What you're really doing is kind of... Use, there are areas that's where you go back and forth. I guess that's the Castlevania part of it. Uh, you're a, a lot of the game involves you with your sword uh, hacking demons. Now you got three buttons in this game because there were three buttons on Genesis Control. You've got the jump, you've got the sword button, and then you've got like a magic button. Now it's funny at first because I read this and then I was like, I don't have any magic. It didn't do anything. Well, you don't just get magic to start the level. That's sort of the gimmick of the game. When you start the game, it feels like just like almost like a hack and slash with some light puzzle elements. But as you go on, you find out that uh, you'll you'll be tasked at each level with helping a ghost recover his memories, and uh, as you do this, he will grant you your magic, and so that's how you get your magic. They did an interesting uh, they did an interesting thing in this game to keep the game fresh, I think, and I think it works too. I know I only got to the third level, uh, but I thought it worked for me. And what they did was uh, every level you, when you start off with no magic. Uh, and you earn that magic spell, you get it's a new type of spell, <clears throat> which is interesting uh, because it changes the way you play the game. Uh, for yeah. example, in the first level, the spell you get is just basically like a almost like a magic missile, I'd say would be the best way to describe it, that you can use to shoot stuff at several ropes uh, and whatnot. Uh, the, the second level gives you the ability to repel attacks. You know, there's also a level where you get like almost like a flamethrower attack, and you do some real clever stuff there because the puzzle element of this is what makes the game. Yeah. And and the puzzles in this are, I mean, now listen, you played a lot more of these games than I did, Brent, so I'm going to default to you on a lot of stuff. But to me, I thought the puzzle elements in this game were super duper clever. Like, I don't think I've played a game with elements quite like these. At one point, when you've got the firepower, you could actually, to get past stuff, you've got to uh, you basically set enemies' arrows on fire and then let them do the damage to the ropes and stuff for you, which is I thought was a real neat concept. When you've got the reflective power, you basically have to hunker down and let cannonballs hit you with this reflective power so you can blow up walls or blow up enemies with them. Uh, I, I thought that was a real neat element. Uh, when you've got the, the power to shoot the magic missile, you've got to sever uh, ropes and stuff to drop crates on people or to drop crates in areas to make them accessible and even to lower a drawbridge at one point. They, the magic element keeps the game fresh. Now, you do lose that magic power. You only get it, the magic for whatever level you're on. You're not going to get the fire magic on the on the magic missile level. Uh, it's, one, it's one magical type per level, and once you finish that level, it's gone. What did you think about this, uh, the magic system in this, Brandon? What did you think about the first impressions you had when you played this? Uh, I, I first of all the puzzle elements. Uh, they're good. 
Yeah. They're they're real good. They are they definitely play off of the Metroidvania style where you you get a power that you, then you use that power to overcome the challenges to allow you to advance. Yeah. Uh and they don't bog you down. So actually I really like that. Yeah. Um Okay, good. I'm not I'm not insane. Cuz like I said, so I, I don't play that many of these games, so it's hard for me to tell. Yeah. Now, are are the puzzles mind blowing? None of the ones I got to were. But, but you they don't want were, that. <laughs> but they were um they were they made you feel good for accomplishing the goal, which yeah. is of course, that's the main point of the whole thing, right? Yeah. You 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 want to feel smart when you accomplish your task. And the puzzles are just challenging enough uh that you get that feeling. So big thumbs up for that. Uh, yeah. I was never, there was never a point where I was like, man, I, I, I'm going to have to get a walkthrough. I don't know what to do next. Yeah. Uh, and there, but, now there may have been parts, like for example, there's a there's a part early on where you have to avoid an Indiana style, Indiana Jones style boulder. I will say it took me a, uh, more than a few tries to, to get, I knew what I was supposed to do, but I was still coming to grips with the controls. And so, uh, but I mean, you're right. There was nothing where I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm an idiot. I mean, you generally, right. if you think about it, you can figure it out, which I like. Right. Um, <clears throat> combat in this is, I thought, was probably the highlight. Uh, I, I know you focused a lot on the puzzles, but I think the combat in this is really good. Uh, the You have your standard sword slash, <clears throat> and you have a, a roll mechanic. Yeah. And the roll mechanic is absolutely necessary to uh, parry and, and dodge attacks get behind enemies, that sort of thing. Uh, and it's very fulfilling. And it was, some some enemies are one shot and you're done, uh, where the challenge is more getting to an enemy that's hanging out a window or on top of a tower, where <clears throat> combating them is not the fight. The fight is getting to them. Yeah. And then you have uh, enemies on ground level that you, you have to dodge around. You They adapt to what you're doing. Uh, so you can't just dodge, attack, dodge, attack over and over. The enemy actually gets a little bit smarter. The bosses in this are tremendously fun. Uh, the first boss in particular. Yeah, I, I, you, he, I beat him. I was stuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you first start out, right, you can just sword slash. He's a big uh, lumbering executioner. Yeah. So you, you sword slash him. He raises his axe to hit you. You roll behind him. You slash him some more, right? But as the fight progresses and you get to basically phase two or phase three, <clears throat> he gets smarter. And in, instead of just swinging where you were, if you don't, don't dodge late enough, he will turn around and, and hit where you are. So you have to start tightening up your dodge. Super cool. Let me tell you, what, the, let me tell you before you move on, I want to tell you what I did here, okay? Because I had to fight this guy a couple of times. And, I, and one thing I like about this is that you can do this different ways. So I never, I always, there's a saw blade that comes down that you have to like sever Not the string. Or it's a, a, it's a executioner blade, whatever. So what I did, there's a box you can drop, okay, on a string. And you can drop it in different places. And I ended up putting it, if you put it in the right spot in the brand, you'd have been proud of me for this. You can stand on it and he can't hit you. And so I just stood on top of it and waited for the blade to come low enough to where I could shoot it. That's how I killed him. Now, there's no time limit on this game, which that I was I was very happy about. I don't think yeah. this game would have done well with a time limit. Uh, but I, I I thought this ball the bosses were the, the bosses I saw were clever. I really liked this first guy. He was he was fun uh, to uh, to deal with. I guess let's before we move too far, I want to talk about the structure. So we mentioned there are eight levels here. Uh, what you've got here is uh, the old, you finish the level, and then, oh, you finish, you get to the end of the level, you fight the boss, okay? And then once you get past the boss, uh, there's maybe a, a second more of gameplay stuff, and then you go to, and then you end up going to a to a store because you've got money in this. And I will say, an element of this game that's very clever, the store is not just some kind of crap. I mean, you buy stuff in the store that really helps you. One of the things you'll notice right when you fight the first boss is you can't tell how much you've hurt him because it, you, yeah. there's no life bar. And you could purchase a life bar thing in the store, which I thought was pretty clever. Yeah, you can purchase that. You can purchase a, a, like a down attack in the store. You can purchase these like uh, moves where if you hold down and hit the and hit your uh, 
uh, your attack button, I think it is, or it might be the magic, whatever it is, it, it will cause like an explosion that kills everything on the screen, like a super zap, or you can buy, and you can stack those, you can have more than one, so you can do that. You can buy, of course, you can buy health and extra life, you've got the money. Uh, the, I like that. The store is useful, uh, and the money didn't seem that difficult to get. Uh, you know, it, it you'll see you'll see it lot just little like uh, coins and whatnot lying around. Uh, you also this works on a system of mana. You know, just like a, a lot of games. So like you can't just buy, you can't go crazy on the magic, but it seemed to me they give you a goodly amount of uh, and magic charges. Yeah, so. and it, much like a Castlevania, when you when you'll see lay, like torches and stuff lying around, you can whack them, and often they'll give you like a re a refill or a slight refill of mana and, and health. Uh, I don't know if you talked talk about this, but this game has that element where you can jump off the walls. Yeah. And so you can jump back and forth and do that gimmick. You know, I in the past, I'll be honest, I have had trouble with doing that element. In this game, I, I had no trouble. I will say the controls in this are buttery smooth. I mean, everything in it, uh, in terms of the controls, in terms of the attacks, you, you never feel like you're getting screwed, do you? Well, with one exception. Okay. I wish roll was double tap. You didn't like the down and was it, is it down and jump? I think it was what yeah. it was to roll. I can deal with it. It, it. I will say double forward would have made more sense. But, I mean, it's something I got used to pretty quick. Well, uh, and the reason why I say that is the way you use your roll it is, at least the every time I use my roll, it was in a combat situation Yeah, where uh, I didn't want, I, I didn't want to accidentally jump and I wanted to be able to roll in command. And while rolling is not difficult, the command for rolling is not difficult, I would have much rather just tap, tap, and, and been done with it. Yeah, I can in understand fact, that. To be completely honest, that was my biggest complaint in the entire game. Yeah. Is if I could if I could change that to where I could double tap to roll, I, I would be... Uh, uh, I couldn't really say anything bad about what this is. I think the difficulty... Is a is a really good solid curve, um, for as far as I got, and I think the store upgrade system where you can buy combat techniques, or you can buy extra health, or you can buy extra lives, uh, it's a good balance. There is a life system in this game, and that's going to turn some people off. But in my opinion, you have to do that to. First of all, it helps the longevity of the game. Although the game seems to be several hours long on its own. Yeah, I've heard but, six. Uh, but you, you, it makes you think about how you're going to spend your money, uh, <clears throat> because yeah. it it appears that uh, losing all your lives is a game over. And I think you can, what is it? Continue and you go back to the beginning of that stage. I think that's yeah. how it works. Really, I I died many many times in this. And I, but it doesn't make you completely quit. Uh, you, you know, it's the the, the live system. Of this is weird. Like when you play on the easy mode, which I do, you get nine lives to start. Okay, and so when you have nine lives, that right there is pretty good. And and you got to remember that your lives, you also have uh, their health elements to it. There yeah, is yeah. stuff that will kill you, like falling off the screen kills you. No, it Certain, doesn't. No, it, it hurts you. I mean, no, it, it, it you it you hurts you. You can fall. Life. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's. The the element the way you take damage is kind of it's unusual uh, the way it works but it's when you die completely die it doesn't totally screw you it just you get to you get rolled back it's not bad I actually I thought that was I like that uh, the system in this because I felt like if I could go out there and there are elements of this game where you're gonna die I'll give you an example in the second level remember when you have to go use those wheel uh those cart wheels to go across those gaps did you get to that point yeah. And so that what you have to do with this one, I thought was also clever. You have to jump, jump on these giant wheels, and then start running backwards to move them forwards. And then you you would put them into the gap. And at the last section on these gaps, you would jump up and, and, and onto the land. It was, I mean, it was tricky, and the, you, it takes a few times to do it to get it right. Yeah, uh, there it, there are certainly elements, and there's elements on that uh, even on the first level. Like you talked, you talked about a little bit. The boulder you have to outrun Indiana yeah. Jones style. Yeah, it's not that it's difficult; it's you have to figure out exactly what you're supposed to do, or exactly how to do what you're supposed to do. I, I think that was my first death, and, and when you just die, 
it, the game's very generous. It yeah. puts you in a, in a fairly close location. It's only when you lose all your lives that it's like, okay, you got to start all the way over from the beginning of the level. Something, something else this game does, and I don't think I've ever seen a game do this. It struck me as odd. You know, you're running along. If you see enemies, you can just, most of the time, you just jump over them. You know, if you don't want to yeah, fight yeah. them. But there's, every once in a while, you'll get to a spot where you'll come into an area, uh, and, and, we, and it'll say, fight, like a Mortal Kombat style, and then you have to kill everyone in the area. And sometimes that'll play into a puzzle element of it. Uh, but, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> that struck me as str- interesting. I, I like it. I don't have a problem with it. That way you can't just bypass everything you see. Uh, so that was interesting. I mean, really, this game has an old-world mentality with a, mo- with a modern touch. I mean, you've got the flip-screen element, which is something, you know, there's scrolling flip-screens. Yeah. which I mean, where do you go see that? You know, it's something real unusual. But while we're talking about it, let's talk about the way this game looks. Guess what? This game looks awesome, I guess, as a newsflash. I mean, this is the—is this the best looking Genesis game I ever saw? Yeah, probably. This thing looks like <laughs> it looks awesome. It's got these scrolling parallax backgrounds that you can see. sometimes you'll see through the through the foreground, and you can see what's going on behind you. They've got these starry filled skies. They've got waterfalls. They've got all kinds of crap: mountains, forests. It's beautiful. the The actual characters that you fight and the guy you control looks great. Like, they, yeah. they didn't phone it in. These guys look awesome. They react to stuff that, with different animations. They just look, it, it looks great. The music in this is great. The, yeah. Also, you can turn it off. If you don't like it, turn it off. But the music, was I thought, was real yeah, good. Yeah, why would you ever turn it off? Now, it does suffer some for some frame rate issues. I have uh, I didn't play this on the on the actual thing, but on the Mister, I didn't notice any. Did you notice something on what yeah, you Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, when you've got uh, a lot going on, a lot of enemies, and, and it's not unplayable, but you can tell the frame rate takes a dip. Um, yeah, but I uh, did read that, but I didn't. I didn't see it myself. Uh, it, this, I mean, if this is punching some huge stuff out on the on the absolutely. master system here. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I'm I'm just gonna come clean. I I bought this begrudgingly because I'm cheap. This is a this is a top shelf game. Yeah. And I'm a kind of guy that doesn't like these sorts of games. This was great. Creative, yeah. sounds great, tons of options. Like, it looks great. It runs on original hardware. Uh, I, you can get it on Steam. You know, it, I thought this was just awesome. And I, yeah. oh, there's one more thing we've got to talk about. You can get to a certain point where your guy gets, like, supercharged. There's Invincible. And when that happens, the music changes into this, like... Uh, how can you power cord Rock of death. Opera. <laughs> and it makes you want to run out and just be a murderous fiend. It is the best. When you get pumped up in this game, it is awesome. I've never heard a game that put over being pumped up like this one. It was great. So yeah. I don't have anything bad to say about the game. I, I liked every, I liked literally with the exception of the goofy backstory. Now, hey, I, I'm not going to hold that against it. I also like the fact that you go into, like, we're watching now, there's a demon town. You get there where they've taken over, and the demons are scowling at you from the windows, dumping crap on you. It's goofy, but I liked it. There are some goofy elements in this game, but it's it's fun, and it's if you're into this sort of game, holy smokes, go get this immediately. And if you're not into this sort of game like I am, you should probably give it a shot anyway. Um, Absolutely. And if you're on the fence, you can go to Steam, download a demo, play through that. You know that will tell you if if this is the game for you. I highly recommend this. I definitely think this is something that uh, uh, if this came out in 1994, oh. we, it would be an instant classic. Yeah, and I think because of that, uh, it is worth taking a look at in uh, 2021 because it's a fun, well put together game, and it deserves to be uh, taken seriously. Yeah, and. You know, and listen, uh, when you hear me and Brady grill something like this, that's a, <laughs> because this is this is definitely not my sort of thing. I did, believe it or not, there were very few uh, reviews of this thing, the brand. I found a couple. The guys over at Starburst give this four out of five. And this does have a positive uh, uh, on Steam with very limited. It doesn't seem like this has gotten a lot of uh, a lot of action, which I was surprised. On Steam, because there are only 13 uh, user reviews on there. Listen, uh, I, I for the crowd that listens to us, if you have a mega drive at the house, pull it down. You'll enjoy it. Um, 
we did get some Discord reviews, the Brent here. If I can, if I can pull those up, you don't have this handy, do you? The Brent, I don't have, I do I don't not. have my Discord pulled up. Well, I'll grab them real quick. Um, While you're happens, doing that, yeah. Uh, uh, some people in chat are commenting that the the levels look a little bland, a little brown. Um, they change. The color a lot. palette is what it is. Uh, it definitely has variety as you progress. Uh, but I wouldn't look at the footage that we're showing and say, man, the game doesn't look colorful, doesn't look bland. Uh, it is definitely a style choice. It's trying to go for a bleak overtone, but uh, uh, I had no problem with the vision. Yeah, there's and the different levels are, are obviously different. The second level is like all green, so it's yeah. all it's all in the plains. So the the one and only John Boat of Car Schaller took this one to task. It went to work on it, Brent. He writes, if Leander's developers would have had the opportunity to play the pinnacle of the genre before designing their Amiga game, it might have looked something like this. A stellar effort that would have gone down as one of the best Mega game drives of all time had it been released during the heyday of the system. This game borrows heavily from Symphony of the Night and the portable Castlevania games that's, that succeeded it. Uh, gameplay is fast, fluid, and just feels right. I especially enjoyed the fact that like the Castlevania games, your hero's forward attack can also damage enemies behind him during the windup. The music's fantastic, though the same tune plays throughout the first level. You'll get sick of it sooner or later. By the way, you can turn the music off on the fly, which I also appreciated. The game isn't perfect, though. In a game where exploration and story progression are the main object, a life system is frustrating and unnecessary. There you go. You mentioned that, Brent. Some people wouldn't like that. Likewise, when you die, the game sends you back... Uh, unnecessarily far in the stage more checkpoints are just starting you on the screen where you died would have been a better move finally the game is extremely lacking in in-game information about things you're collecting you collect coins which i assume act like money but i didn't make it far enough to reach a store you collect vials which refill your health and mana which i guess you don't need an explanation but it would have been nice to see this stuff on the pause screen as well as the ability to select and read about the objects in your inventory all in all, the game looks great, sounds great, plays perfectly, but after reaching the first boss after 20 minutes of play and expanding my last life, only to be sent back to the title screen to face the project of slogging through it all again uh, means I won't be returning to this game in the future. But Boat, uh, that's a surprising burial for Boat. I was, I thought he'd actually like this game, uh, the Brent, and clearly he had a rougher time with it than we did. Uh, so there you go, that's the Boat. Uh, Pajaka writes in, a good, solid hack-and-slash game in the style of Castlevania. Great music and graphics, too. A game I can imagine would have been a big seller back in the day. A couple of minor points so far. It wasn't really clear what the pickups were for, and it wasn't obvious what platforms you could stand on. E.g., sometimes you could stand on barrels, and sometimes you couldn't. There are, also, there are a few cheap deaths, which were annoying, but not a showstopper to me. But that said, I am enjoying this one, and it was worth the money. So do check this one out. There is a free demo, 8 out of 10. So there you go, the Brent. A couple looks at this one. I, I think we liked it more than anyone. Uh, I I was especially stunned by this. Maybe that's what it was. I had low expectations. Uh, this was. I think this is top shelf. I don't really agree with any of the complaints that the listeners did. Uh, I liked all of it. I didn't have any trouble with the life system. I didn't have any trouble figuring out where to stand. And I didn't think the deaths were that cheap. I thought you. They pretty much showed you what was coming. And you and you could. I mean, I figured it out pretty well. I mean, if I can get to the level three or something. Uh, then I don't think it's too tough. So there you go. But hey, to each his own. That was Demons of Asterborg, uh, the Brent. Now, let's move on to the second game of the evening. Now, Brent, you had all the universe of games to choose from. What did you pick out uh, for this week? I went with something that totally caught me by the title, and I went with Lethal Wedding. Lethal Wedding. Yes. Uh, this is a Mega Cat Studios game, and real quick, I want to talk about the studio that uh, that brought this game to life before we talk about the game itself. Uh, this is a homegrown uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Aaron studio that came about in 2015, and they are still around today. They are uh, producing the classic Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis era games. That is their whole thing. That, that is what they do. And they actually supplement the income because, let me tell you something, brother, that's a small crowd. 
that are still wanting hard copy NES games, but they do exist and they are catering to them. Uh, they supplement their income by also making games for organizations. For example, they made a game for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They made a game uh, <clears throat> for uh, Columbia Records. So they make these little small offshoots as uh, advertising for these companies that helps keep the lights on, so to say. And these are no, they're no slouch. They have produced uh, almost three dozen retro titles since 2015. And the quality of them all seems to be fairly decent. They, it, they don't just uh, poop out games. They, they really try to go the extra mile. <laughs> and on, when the packaging and whatnot, they, they do the full box, the full cart, uh, manual, the whole nine yards. Now, they do uh, offer ROMs to download as well. Games run in the $40 to $60 range. Uh, for the big boxed copies, and then you can get the ROMs for, uh, you know, 15 bucks, that sort of affair. And they have branched out. They do some of their more popular titles. They have on uh, the Switch, Nintendo Switch, on PlayStation 4, Xbox uh, World, uh, and a couple for Windows PC type thing as well. But we're here to talk about Lethal Wedding. Lethal Wedding's got a wonderful setup. Uh, this is you. You either play as the the bride to be or the mother in law, and uh, are waiting at the altar at the chapel for your uh, husband to be to show up, and he never shows up. So you start making a few phone calls, and you find out that uh, he's been kidnapped. So you don't like your mother in law, but you 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 know you team up together to find out what's going on, and you find out he's been uh, taken hostage by the uh, uh, a drug clown gang, and you've got to go try to save him. Uh, you can either play as the bride or the mother-in-law, and they actually do play differently. Uh, one has a shotgun attack <clears throat> and, as their base attack, and the other one has a pistol as their base attack. And then what you're thrown into is this... Uh, very difficult run-and-gun per-level scenario where you uh, the main goal is to get to the end of the level, progress to try to progress the story, progress to try to find your husband, husband-to-be, or son, depending on which person you play as. Uh, incredibly fast action game, uh, incredibly uh, just chaotic in its action, and incredibly difficult. Holy cow, I thought this game was hard. Aaron, what did you think, just on the difficulty alone, what did you think of this game? I thought it was very, very hard. Yeah. <laughs> let's just put it, let's put it, if that's all you want me to say. I thought it was pretty hard. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Uh, I think I, I, the uh, sound design in this game, the music and whatnot, is on point. The opening theme for the title screen is just awesome. Uh, the in-game sound effects and whatnot are also pretty good. It's your basic fare, uh, but I think they do a good job with it. I think the graphics in this are top-notch. Everything is, is colorful when it needs to be colorful and kind of bleak when it needs to be bleak. Since you're fighting mostly clowns, uh, they are in full makeup, and they have all the the clown accoutrements, uh, like uh, the extendy fist glove, or some of them attack with pies. That sort of affair. So I think the graphics are are quite phenomenal. Everything looks as it should. Uh, you could there's never a time when you're like, man, I don't is that you know what is that sitting in the corner? You pretty much always can understand what something is, but. The difficulty on this game is something I'm sure we're going to talk about in, in more depth. Aaron, I see you're chomping at the bit on this. What do you have to say? Listen, never <laughs> has the gap in quality between two games been as and, and the valley been as wide as it is this week. This oh, game you're, no, is garbage. No, oh, no good. All right. Will not Go recommend. And, Listen, Go I'll, ahead I'll, and get your spiel are, out, and then I'll tell you things, why you're wrong. There's two things I liked about the game. 
the big crazy clown face at the beginning. That looked pretty cool. And the fact that the, the club you go into is called the cheat code. I did that. I will say I did laugh. I did giggle at that. I like the fact that there's an invitation on it. And there's some, there are some cute touches, but I knew right away when I sat through a, 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 a three minute dialogue sequence in front of a Which giant cave. Skip. I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. But Which I had to get that. Skip. I had to get the incredible backstory that this guy, that this chick has kidnapped, uh, this the the wedding party that were kidnapped by clowns, and and uh, who saw that coming? I wasn't. That's not the way. I've been to your wedding, among others. That's something we never experienced was, was <laughs> kidnapping by clowns. <laughs> so I sure I know some of my friends probably wish their uh, their significant other had been kidnapped by clowns. Or the get was good. With all that said, let's see. Uh, graphics, uh, superb graphics. No, no. And they're just plain Jane graphics. There's nothing. There's nothing I, epic first about of all, them. I didn't say they were superb. You I said they were. You said they were top shelf graphics. They're not that top shelf. It's this. It's it's. I thought this was as did you ever game. question what something was? What was an enemy and what was uh, uh like Listen, part of this? You uh, could background. say that. You could say the exact same thing if you were playing Atari Twenty Six Hundred Tic Tac Toe. Okay, I knew what the X's and O's were. It doesn't mean they looked good. All right, so don't give me that. Like the music, eh? It's okay. The visuals, I mean, I'm not burying them, but they're not like a top shelf. Not like the last game. They're not even the same in the straight stratosphere. Uh, this game was this game even? I mean, this was a uh, wasn't this a game that was never released, and and they I, and, and so they brought it back. Am, am I wrong? Am I wrong here? We'll go into that, but no, I think you are actually incorrect. Oh, okay, because that's the way I read it. I read this was a game that came that was going to come out back in the nineties and never got released. And that's what Mad Cat does. It goes and gets these old titles. No, so, this is a completely original. This is a complete original game. Well, that's what. They should have they should have left it buried. I gave I tried both characters this and I played as far as I could get with both of them. And How I How far I, was that? Not that far. Not Did you that even far. make it off the first stage? No. Okay. With either character. And, and I, this tells me something. Yeah, and this I and don't me, give me that crap where you say, "Oh, you didn't try it." I I gave this as much attention as as I thought it merited, which was more. Actually, I gave it more than I thought it merited. I did not like it. It was clunky. It was it was the graphics were were flashy, and I don't mean like they looked good. I mean like they were flickery sometimes. I just did not like this. I didn't I did like any aspect that. of it. You know, I did not. I thought this what was did you a play this dud. Did I played play this on, on, the, on the Mister, on the Mister, on the Mister. Okay, I had no graphical glitches. I could I see them on this on this demo. I was just watching. You can see the same exact thing. They're just not that well done. It's it's not a well done game. It's a throwaway, in my oh, opinion. Okay, throwaway. Okay, let me tell you something, Aaron. You're an idiot. I get that and sometimes. I, and you obviously is. First of all, I'm not surprised you didn't get off the first level. Yeah, because the it's game, super hard. Is brutally hard. However, since you didn't get off the first level, you completely missed the whole gimmick of the game, and okay. that's okay. That's okay. I will. Uh, I will help overcome your failure and show these fine people watching today what makes this game yeah. a pretty good game. Show everybody how you put this over. Let's hear it. At when you get past the first level you are given ways to upgrade your character as well as to make the next level more challenging. This actually works off of an experience-based thing. The more enemies you kill, uh, the more points you have to put into your character. And to get more points faster, you can augment the upcoming levels by uh, saying, like, the enemies are faster, or the enemies do more damage, or the enemies can teleport to your location. Uh, the the presents you pick up that will normally give you extra experience poisons your character. You can say you can have it. Uh, the enemies shoot faster. Uh, you reload slower. There are tons of these little augments, and you get to choose between three of them at the end of every stage. Uh, and when you do that. Uh, or before you do that, you get to upgrade your character. You can make it so your reloads are faster, your your rolls are longer, or you can roll more often because uh, you get iframes when you roll. You can have it to where uh, uh, the guns, the other weapons you pick up as you play are, are more powerful or have more ammo. And 
this is exactly what this is in the style of is Zombies Ate My Neighbors. So if you are a fan of that style game, that's exactly what this is. This does allow two-player, and it has the exact same feel as Zombies Ate My Neighbor, with the exception of the game is much harder. You do have lives, or a life system. You can take more than just one hit. Uh, you can pick up health pickups as you go along. Uh, so you it's not just you get pinned in the corner and you're screwed. Um, you have a life system. Like on top of the life you have, you have lives. You get three lives per stage. The game is brutally difficult. I'm not denying that. However, once you get past the first level and you can start upgrading your character, it actually makes the game easier, which is why you can also augment the levels. And the levels aren't about how many bad guys you kill. It's all about finding the exit, which is always illustrated with arrows pointing you to your, towards your destination. So you could just run to the end of the stage every time. But if you do that, you aren't gaining experience. So you could actually hunt down all the enemies and all the power-ups on the stage before you leave. The option's yours. So... With that understanding, you can make the game as easy or as difficult as you want. It does take getting used to. My absolute biggest complaint about this game is to roll, you have to double tap. I wish it was a button. The exact opposite of the <laughs> Let's other Let's get ready to say. You don't know what you want. <laughs> no. It, because in this type of game, you since you it's an eight-directional game, uh, so it's hard to tap diagonal sometimes. I wish it was just a button press and you would roll that direction. Also, there isn't a reload. The only way to reload is to run out of ammo in your gun, at least that I experienced. <clears throat> there might be something that modifies that. I always had to run my gun out of ammo before I could reload. It is exactly, exactly what it wants to be. The graphics, the story, there's 30 levels of this thing. I didn't get 30 levels. I think I got five or six levels in. Uh, and that was off the, off the multiple attempts. Uh, I was improving. I felt myself getting better. I started taking those in-level challenges for the next level to get more experience so I could augment my character more. And the amount of choices you get to augment your character is staggering. There's like 30 ways you can improve your character. Uh, is this as good a game as the first game we looked at? No, it's not. There's no question about that. Is this a bad game? Absolutely not. If you are looking for a, a fierce run-and-gun game where the story is very tongue-in-cheek, it's very uh, uh, fun to see the interactions between the newlywed and the uh, mother-in-law, their back and forth is tremendous. The game is a lot of fun. It's just really hard. Didn't like, I didn't, for that, I'll be honest, I didn't like Zombies Ain't My Neighbors either. So there's that. But yeah, listen, if the game's too hard for me to get to something that might make it more interesting, they need to work on that. No, Aaron, if you can't get off level one, you need to be a better gamer. No, listen, hey, I'm caught it like I see it. It's not like I tried it one time and quit. I didn't like it. It didn't. I didn't like the way it played. And even with the augments, it's the same game with some little tweaks. No, I'm just not it's not. It. No, it's no, a, that's are, the thing. It the doesn't look. Are are tremendous. It doesn't look good. It doesn't play does well. Look good. You're just amateur. Wrong. Amateur hour. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying this one. So with all You're that not said, buying it, Aaron, because you, you listen. You picked the largest Genesis game ever to be made. One that could never be commercially viable back in the day because the cart size was too big. It was too big to fit on a normal Genesis cart. No, it would have fit. You can, Hey, listen, it works in a Genesis and right now. This, they, so it wasn't too big to fit a Genesis cartridge. They made one. It was over. It, the game is over 16 meg. It's all, it's, it's, it's great. That's why they had a okay. big game. This fits on a normal size cart. I think the ROM for this is two meg. Yeah, and 
this isn't no kidding. This isn't trying to be what your game was. This is a frantic run and gun shooter that you uh, level up your character. You keep playing it for for the story first of all because it's great, and to uh, see how fast and how far you can get, how many few deaths you can get. It's just because it is a different game than what you like doesn't mean it's a bad game. I don't like the enemies either. I don't like the way the enemies pop on the screen. I don't like the way they move. I don't I think the enemies are cheap. I'm just telling you, I didn't like the enemies either. And I didn't think they looked that good. You don't tell me what I can't do and do not like. I know what I like. I'm me. There you go. And that's and let me tell you, you being you is the problem. No, I'm the solution. Because you can't respect something that you don't like. I don't respect it because I don't think it was good. Doesn't mean it's not good. I don't think it was good. There you go. I don't think it was well done. I don't think it. And by the way, this thing's been out and it's come and gone, and and it has very little has been said about it. So clearly, it wasn't just me. Did you get any reviews on this aside from Discord? Did you look anything up on the review side of it? Well, first of all, let me go into the release of this. This yeah. is what I could find out about the game. Uh, this was brought to light in 2019, uh-huh. and they said that they were going to release the game. And they, if you go to their website, you can actually download the ROM with this for free. What's that tell you? By the way, for free. Yeah. My understanding is this is going to be released at a later date in its boxed form. Uh, if you go to the Mad Cats <clears throat> webpage, it looks like all of their games have downloadable ROMs. So kudos for them for that. Uh, some of them are in a demo capacity. Some of them are full game. So super kudos for that. But it, this game, I believe, is going to have a box released later down the line. Their website, while their website is actually really good, this particular aspect of the website is really bad because it shows any game that is not currently for sale as sold out. Yeah, I saw that. Bad aspect. They need to change that. But I d- could not find anywhere where this was canceled, so I do believe that this will get a box release down the line. I'm telling you, it was my understanding, and I don't have anything to back this up. Just from look, I was because I was like, where did this game come from? I d- I did not read anything where that said this was a new game. This is an original. This is yes, I read their blog post. This is their completely their stuff. I can only assume that they're giving this away on the webpage because they knew deep in their hearts that no one was going to buy this sucker. So. You're anyway, so dumb. We got you some Discord no, reviews you here. You can't offshoot at that, Aaron. Just some... because you don't like something doesn't mean it's not quality. Oh, yeah, it does. So I've got a, a, a Discord review here from Pajaco who looked at this thing. Let's see what he thought. He could be the guy that bridges the gaps, Brent. Uh, Lethal Wedding says, I really wanted to like this one. A good storyline, great graphics, and classic 16-bit soundtrack. It has a really nice idea, but it, I just couldn't click with it. The gun reload was the prob- probably the biggest annoyance for me. Yep. Collision detection was imprecise, correct. And firing at an enemy only for my bullets to narrowly pass behind them. It's not an awful game, but not yeah, when I, I can see... I don't think it said imprecise, Aaron. I think it said precise. No, collision detection was imprecise. Oh, I'm I didn't get it. that at all. I, I thought that as well. Aaron, uh, firing at an enemy. Can I finish? I'm uh, firing at an enemy uh, only for my bullets to narrowly pass behind them. It's not an awful game, but not one I can see myself going back to anytime soon. So I think being unreleased, this one needs a little more work. Six out of ten. They also, P.S., they also should have called this Chaos Wedding. So fair, fair enough. And I think that's the only one uh, that you got on that one. I had trouble finding much information on Lethal uh, Wedding. It, yes. Yeah. So there you go. Listen, one thing's for sure: uh, if you're a Genesis fan, and beside, and you are, I will say, I will admit this begrudgingly. I, aside from the fact that it's not my kind of game, and I didn't think the game was very good or my kind of game. If if you are a fan of this sort of game, then this is the sort of game you could be a fan of, I suppose. Uh, but for me, it I, just, I think it, uh, did not it do the job. Uh, with all that said. Two great Genesis titles there, or at least new ones. One great one and one that may or may not be great, depending on your perspective. All right, it I'm, doesn't I'm, have to be great. It just has to be good. Yeah. This wasn't... Lethal Weddings was not a great game, okay? It wasn't a great game. It was good at what it was trying to do. Okay, fair enough. 
I, I would give this game a six out of ten as well. I would uh, probably not give that. Well, I mean, that's uh, six out of ten is an F in my book. So, <laughs> so maybe no, I would give not. it that. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I see when I use a ten point scale, I use all the scale, not just the last three numbers. Oh, okay, so. fair enough. So, there's only one way to get us out of this uncomfortable predicament. Choose new games to fight over next week. And by God, we're going to do it. Let's go to the wheel. Here we go. Now, uh, the Brit. We've added a couple new items this week. Let me grab the wheel here and put it in, own it in the view. Uh, we've got, uh, we've added this week, the Brit, uh, our Retro Rewind piece, the MSX2, and our new piece uh, that was added this week, uh, if I can find it here. Uh, where did that thing go? Oh, games that you have come around on. Suggested by our own John Bodefkar Schaller. Are you ready to see the action, Brent? I am. Here we go. Ugh. I'm sure we'll be much more congenial about this next title when we play. Oh, no. You know, it's funny how this comes. <laughs> chat subject choice. So, chat, Brent, tell them what they've got to do this week. All right, chat. Oh, man. You <laughs> you need to take a, not a system, not a, a era, a subject. It could be food. It could be wallpaper. It could be... Please make it not wallpaper. Mississippi boating. Pick any subject you want and throw us a few out there, and we will take it and turn it into an episode next week. Yep, that sounds so Aaron, good to me. While, while we give the people a few moments to talk about this, let's talk about thanks for giving. Yeah, we could do that. So we've got thanks for giving coming up, uh, Brent. It'll be the day after Thanksgiving. We'll be running this thing at 10 a.m. and we're going to be going. What? How many hours we decide? I don't think we would decide. Eight, eight hours. Executive hours. Eight hours of me and the Brent. You know it'll be peaceful when that, when that happens because. <laughs> It's the way it goes. It should be fun, though. And this is our way of saying thanks uh, for supporting us, for supporting the channel, uh, for all the people that supported uh, the Amigathon. Uh, this is, we're not raising money. We're not doing anything. This is just us playing games and uh, bickering back and forth for eight hours. Hey, who doesn't want to see that, the Brent? Nonstop bicker action. But uh, <laughs> we're hoping to actually get together for this. In fact, I may try to talk you into doing it out in the arcade, the Brent. We haven't filmed out there for a while. Might drag the green screen out and do some of that fun stuff like we used to back in the day. So that might be kind of fun. But again, that is coming up. Let me get the exact date on that, Brent, so I can tell everyone. While you're, are you tallying the votes here in the? Uh... Yeah, you just keep talking. So this will be Thursday, November twenty sixth. Oh, excuse me, Friday, November twenty sixth. Friday, November twenty sixth at ten a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will be happening. Thanks for giving a marathon. All right, Brent, see if you can rein some of this in and pick something out of this batch. Brent's, Brent is now he's doing the final tally. And okay, we it have a looks winner. like, Aaron, next week we will be doing games from the horror genre. Horror. 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 That seems timely with, the, uh, with uh, Halloween just around the corner of the Brent. So next week, the chat has spoken, and we will be playing games in the horror section. Of gaming, that's. Do you want to set any side rules on that, bro? Absolutely go not. Horror. Very good. Well, that sounds fine to me. So again, thanks for giving. Should be a lot of fun. Brittany, have any final thoughts or any points that we could fight about here at the end of the show before we take it to the house? No, I think I have one thing that I, we can both agree on. All right. Uh, these companies, these developers that are keeping these eight bit, four bit, eight bit and 16-bit systems alive. Uh, huge thumbs up in my book. I know it's a small crowd. I know it's a dwindling audience, but keeping them alive with boxed games, uh, I, I really appreciate that. I think you're out of touch on this, and I'm going to tell you why. The 16-bit the, uh, box game phenomenon is big money, brother. It's not dwindling. It's on fire. They're making tons of money off this stuff. It's they've moved into the realm of wide grabbage, if you know what I mean. Uh, they will sell these things for big money because people want physical copies of stuff. They also are making a lot of these companies also go into the realm of making box versions of games 
that are released on modern systems just because people want to collect the box. Collecting these boxes are a big deal now. And from look at the Demons game, for example, $80 to get the box copy. They 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 didn't do that because the box cost them 80 bucks to make. They knew what they were doing because people want this stuff to stick on their shelves. Big-time collector uh, action going on. So they're, these guys aren't the little small fries. I think this is I think this sort of thing's going to be bigger than it's ever been in the upcoming uh, three or four years until the bottom drops out, the brand, in my opinion. But and, anyway, and, it goes. It's still and, neat. I will and say like, that. like all things, you've missed the forest for the trees. Thank you. Let's wrap it up, Aaron. Are you going to come over here and pound me later? Is that what's is that where we're going? We'll see y'all next week for horror games. We're going from one horror show to another. We will see you next time. Until then, Demon on. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. We want to say a special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector style graphic and Bart Pitt for our amazing music. We also want to say a super special thank you to our supporters. Rolo, Olive Huff, oh, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Norris, Frodo and Elle, Chris Foles, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob, Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Andy Jones, Kevin Bean, Jocko6502, Anthony Jarvis, Steve Rasmussen, Bernhard Lucas, Dave Velociraptor, Graham W. Vetke, Roshi, Mr. B, David Terrence, Super Tech Boy, Oram, Sundown, Texas Foosballer, Airshot, Retroallergy, John Deckman, Jerry Dennington, and Xenon Canine. Would you like to become a supporter for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG Presents. Supporters get access to our Discord channel and their name called out in the credits. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can support us by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday on Twitch, Sunday, 10 a.m. Hope to see you there.